Welcome to B2B Marketing Needs Don Draper, brought to you by True. For too long, B2B has lacked creativity and inspiration, leading to alarming declines in effectiveness and marketing departments being slowly devalued more and more within their organizations. We're here to change that by getting under the skin of what it really means to be a highly effective B2B marketer. We'll be speaking to some of the brightest minds in the industry to discuss what they're doing to be a bit more, well, Don Draper. And now, here's your host, Stuart Black. Joining us today on B2B Needs Don Draper is Brian Rowley. Brian is VP of Marketing at Panasonic Connect and a creative storyteller. He leads all functions of the brand marketing team, including brand strategy, creative, go-to-market execution, PR, brand voice, and campaigns to grow brand awareness and deliver revenue and profitability for five business units valued at $1 billion in annual revenue. So Brian Rowley, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. First off, what does being a bit more Don Draper mean to you? <laughs> I love that question. So for me, um, I, I really think it's it's really about the whole concept of a desire to win. And, you know, as part of that sort of what's involved in that from having a solid plan in order to be able to accomplish the things that you're trying to accomplish, whether that's from a sales perspective or a marketing perspective. But I think for me, out of all of it, I would say that that's what it really means. And Panasonic is one of the most recognizable brands in the world. Many of our listeners will know the consumer tech side, but there's so much more. Can you tell us about Panasonic today and also explain how your area, Panasonic Connect, fits into the picture? Sure. So from Panasonic perspective, as you point out, um, we made a transition several years ago into more of a B2B company versus just B2C. And what does that mean for Panasonic Connect? So the piece of the business that I have responsibility for, which is the Connect side, um, ranges in our portfolio everything from rugged devices to industrial equipment to digital content tools to you know working with public sector, federal government, education, immersive entertainment. Um, they roll up into four business units within uh, the Panasonic Connect brand ranging everything from, as I mentioned, public sector to themed entertainment, house of worship, robotics, welding uh, for our process automation, uh, food services side, smart factory opportunities and offerings uh, for our enterprise side of the business. So it's quite a diverse um, portfolio of products, again, all very much focused towards the B2B space, um, but really offering those technology solutions to sort of help companies um, who are either established or who are just starting out, rethink how and the impacts of technology in the overall spaces that they play in. Mm, sounds fascinating. So everything more or less at the cutting edge there. And what's your role as VP of Marketing North America? So I have responsibility across all of those business units um, and ranging everything from our plans as it relates to go-to-market to maintaining and keeping the brand um, relevant and in market as it relates to Panasonic Connect. Uh, we do everything from social to blog, to white papers, to content, to um, podcasting. Um, we do all aspects of marketing across those four business units. So one day I could be talking about how do we introduce um, a projector or a visual display 
uh, to our professional imaging and visual systems piece of the business to, you know, having a conversation in regards to theme parks, to house of worship. Um, it, it's really quite a vast role um, and covers a lot of different elements, but it does own all of the aspects associated with marketing in that process. You are a creative storyteller, and that's a big part of what you do. How have you used uh, storytelling to advance the objectives of the brands underneath you? Well, I think what we have done is we have spent a tremendous amount of time with the customers understanding their pain points. And so when you start to understand and you can tell your story through actual pain points that are happening in market, um, it becomes a more relevant conversation and one that is more relatable for many. So as we start to look through this and some of the work that we do, um, you know, storytelling, as I said, is what I believe to be everybody's responsibility. How you tell the story, where you tell the story, when you tell the story, the consistency around the story, um, and also making that story relatable um, is, is a really important part. Mm. And you've been involved in some impressive creative campaigns that have helped grow brand awareness and deliver both revenue and profitability for all of the five business units uh, underneath you. Describe the more interesting points of some of those campaigns. Uh, what were you excited by and, and what were you impressed with the effectiveness of? Well, I think for me, the most important thing about the campaigns that we run is their abilities to be relatable. I love nothing more than to have a customer or feedback that we receive from someone that says, you know, I, I can relate to that or I understand what you're saying there, not trying to figure out what that is. I, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of play that people have in regards to making sure that, um, you know, you have an empathetic approach, you have this approach. I, I think for us, it's really about an authentic approach, right? So we want to make sure that we're not trying to check all the boxes that everyone's expecting us to check. But at the same time, we want to make sure that the boxes that we are checking, it is authentic. It's not a forced canned message, that it is something that we understand and can portray um, the specific industry or vertical that we're playing in, in, in an accurate form. So, you know, we look at things like, and let's use uh, public sector as an example. You know, um, we, ha we work very, very closely with our law enforcement agencies. And, you know, they have a very challenging job at times, uh, which is to enforce law. But they also play a very important part in the communities and building communities and establishing communities. And so we look at it and say it's really an important aspect of us to make sure that we get all that right at the end of the day. They, they walk away with a tremendous amount of weight on their shoulders every day for the job that they do. They're not alone. Um, when we look at, you know, the impacts of the pandemic and what does it mean to be a first responder, um, we used to say first responders were fire, police, EMS. Um, as a result of the pandemic, we found out that bus drivers, we found out that folks working in grocery stores and supermarkets, and we found our nurses um, and doctors and emergency room help were all, all individuals that really became sort of those new first responders in order to be able to make sure that we got everything that we did. So for me, the thing that I think is most rewarding in the campaigns that we have are that we present the individuals that we work with in the true environments that they're working under. 
And we try to make sure that we convey that and have the abilities to be able to share that um, with the broader audiences and, and tell a true story. Uh, yeah, really getting to the heart of things and, and being authentic in some ways, I guess. Um, which principles of uh, how Panasonic built its brand back in the early days can be applied to Panasonic Connect and the B2B business side? Yeah, I would go back to you know the importance of customer. So as we look to that, our customers are incredibly important to everything that we do. And I know there's a lot of companies out there that have these conversations and talk about customer feedback and, and how they integrate that in. I can tell you that we can point to many of our products uh, and the service offerings that we have and specifically call out the customer that was responsible for us pulling that into market. Um, we weigh very heavily on that. It is an important part. We understand that we are nothing without our customers. Um, and we continue to, to present that in everything that we do and all of the feedback that we receive from the markets um, as we balance the decisions of the business and, and try to move the business forward. And focusing on customers then, uh, Byron Sharp says only 5% of B2B customers are in market at any given time. What's been your approach to talking to the 95% who are currently not buying, but may do in the future? I think it's important to serve as a thought leader. By doing that, I believe you continue to keep those individuals engaged with you. And I think you allow them an opportunity to learn from you. And once you become a thought leader in any given space, it just opens the door for you to have continual ongoing conversation. So I think the thought leadership element is one that's not necessarily played as much as it should be. Um, everybody's focused on trying to get out there with their specific product offerings when, when the reality is education and educating individuals oftentimes is what they're looking for at their very early stages of their relationship with any business or brand. Mm. And when it comes to B2B, uh, some would say emotional messaging is more effective in the long term, rational messaging more effective in the short term. Not sure if you agree with, agree with that, but let's get into it. How can B2B best harness the power of emotion? I will tell you, for us, a lot of the marketing and the approaches that we take in campaigns are situational. So we are presenting um, an individual in an in actual work environment that they're in. The reality of that is to be able to do that in an authentic way is really to have to understand very much the details of each of those individual jobs. So in order for you to create sort of an empathetic approach to that and really to be able to convey that, you really have to understand it. And so um, that that's really the approach that I think is really important is really understanding it and being side by side so that you really do capture that and make sure that you're approaching that discussion, um, as I said, in an authentic manner. A lot's been written about the importance of distinctive assets in advertising. What distinctive assets does Panasonic Connect own? Some of the more distinctive assets that we have really are around our reputation. Um, so the longevity that we've had, the reliability of our products, I think, um, you know, if I look at it, there isn't, you know, for example, in the U.S., obviously, companies like Intel, like, you know, there's sort of a sonic component to their distinctive asset, right? That's at the end of every advertising campaign that they have. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at companies like McDonald's, they have the golden arches. 
Um, I think there's, you know, others, obviously, that exist that are out there. From a Panasonic perspective, though, I think it really sits on the reliability and uh, the work that we've done. I think the importance of customer voice, I think, is a really important um, side to it. I think our commitment to society and to making sure that we sort of leave this planet in a better place than how we found it. I think those all are very distinctive assets that are associated with the Panasonic brand. What's the best bit of B2B marketing you've seen either lately or or back in history? And why was it so impactful? I always admire brands that are out there who really have taken on sort of the approach to who they are and staying loyal to who that is and that not faltering um, based on any social situation that's taking place in market or anything that happens, um, you know, within just the overall political aspects of things that they stay true to who they are and are not afraid to stand up to it. So it's difficult for me to name one. I mean, I've obviously named a couple that I actually think highly of. Um, but I think it's more around the approach than the specific brand itself. Mm, absolutely. Sort of staying steady um, in difficult times is obviously uh, not always that easy, but a great thing to aspire to, for sure. That brings us to uh, the rapid fire section of our interview today. I'm going to throw some choices at you, and I'd like you to just respond from the gut and tell me uh, which of the two you prefer. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, number one, advertising or ABM? ABM. Oh, okay, why? Because I think that we're migrating towards an approach where people are looking for more customizable uh, conversations. So ones that are more specific to them and the needs that they have. And I think advertising is important, um, but it's a very broad stroke. I think if you can have intimate conversations with a customer that very specifically solve their needs, I think, especially in the B2B space, um, you will be much, much more effective longer term. Good stuff. Uh, Number two, logic or magic? Logic. Mm, Interesting. Uh, Go on, why would you choose that one over magic? So I'm very much results-oriented in the way that we approach uh, our marketing and and really utilizing the metric side of marketing uh, to formulate much of the work that we do. There's plenty of things that take place um, that could be the magical side of things, um, but I always look for the logic and the the specific ROIs that sit with things um, and really managing our marketing uh, from a metrics perspective. Great answer. Uh, number three, brand building or lead generation? I don't think you get lead generation without brand building. So brand building would be um, the the focus that I would go to. Great. And if there's a problem in B2B today, what is it and how would Don Draper fix it? <laughs> There's an interesting Don Draper, you know, um, approach, and that is, um, you know, sort of take responsibility, um, especially when things aren't going your way. So I think every day as uh, organizations in B2B, you're always hit with not everything's going to run in the direction that you want it to. But I think the reality of it is, is those that stand up are accountable and take responsibility 
I think are uh, ones that will continue to win um, and organizations that uh, people will continue to want to work with. And if you could tell all CEOs to read one book, what would that be? In our podcast that we have, we had an opportunity to speak to a gentleman by the name of Kevin Hancock. And Kevin wrote this book called The Seventh Power. Um, and it's basically um, sort of his journey into the business of sort of shared leadership and the concept associated with that. And leadership not necessarily being um, at a role level, but the importance that everyone within an organization has um, and the leadership capability that they are, are should show up with and feel empowered to show up with in order to, to move businesses forward. It's a great book. It's a great story. Kevin's a great guy. And uh, it's one that, that really moved me uh, throughout sort of the time that, that I've been sort of having these conversations and obviously had a chance to read the book. Great recommendation. And all that leaves me to say is thank you so much, Brian Rowley, for such a great chat. It's, it's been interesting learning uh, about what makes your brand tick. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Great conversation. I appreciate your time. I'm Stuart Black, and see you next time on B2B Needs Don Draper.